0: there's so much that you just have to figure out and you just have to you just have to make stuff happen and like when i didn't know what to do when i was playing when i wanted to play professionally you have to take some sort of action and that's what leads to like you figuring out if it's right or it's wrong
1: this is the let's grab coffee podcast and i'm your host george Khalifa. hey everyone hope you're doing well welcome back to another episode we're at number 105 And today i chat with brett johnson who went from being a professional soccer player a goalkeeper to be specific he played with the olympia fc warriors out of australia was a team captain with the us league 2 in the us and then turned into an entrepreneur currently the founder and ceo of switched on training where he took what he practiced being a professional soccer player and really tried to create technology around it specifically switched on is a perceptual cognitive motor or pcm Training app designed to optimize your physical and cognitive performance. Let's dig in. So, what's going on, man? How first of all, how, how have you been? Just being based in Chicago, you just came from a from a fresh run, enjoying the nice weather.
0: Yeah, finally got some sun out here. I can't complain.
1: Uh, being in Chicago, the past couple of weeks
0: were pretty crazy, but today is beautiful. Everything's going well.
1: It's a good time, man. I, I, I can't tell you, and obviously you'll appreciate this as a as a, a former athlete, still current currently active individual uh, when the weather changes like the winter booze just completely dissipate you know folks in, in the winter will appreciate this kind of statement you, yeah, you know what I'm yeah. About.
0: oh 100 i think one of the best investments we have ever made was i'm actually with my parents right now but me and my brother invested in getting like a home gym in the basement right before all this happened and mm-hmm. that, without that i don't know what i would be doing but still like going outside being active in like nature there's there's nothing that compares to it
1: 100% I, and like what what's your uh, at least as of now what's what's your kind of go to form of exercise is it just running uh
0: so i was a goalkeeper so i do not like running at all but i do like i do it every once in a while yeah exactly uh i do a lot of like weightlifting plyometrics uh i like like agility work and especially mm-hmm. like with the app now i do a lot of like reactive agility and and things like that i like to train like an athlete basically it's i still love doing that
1: What's the main difference for folks listening when you say that? Um, obviously, a lot of questions, I think, come up, hopefully. Uh, I'm generally curious, like when you say train like an athlete, what's the main difference in your from your perspective versus like an individual person just going at the gym for 30, 40 minutes?
0: Yeah, 100%. Um, I would say mostly. So like when you think about working out, especially like general fitness, it's a lot of like weightlifting, which is like right. strength training, which is good. Um, but if you think like an athlete, if you think of how an athlete has to perform, They have to be not only strong, which involves strength training, but also explosive. They have to be fast. They have to be agile, which involves different like loads. So body weight, you have to be able to jump and do like more explosive things. So it's basically structuring your workouts difference, not just strength and cardio. It's more like building the strength foundation, then making that strength explosive and then making that explosiveness fast and then making that speed agile so it's like incorporating all different elements and it's different for every sport but like typically mm-hmm. those are the elements you want to incorporate to truly train like an athlete
1: yeah it's so true and i love the way you said it because like you really have to that's why programs exist you know it's different from just like you know mondays are international bro chest days you know what i mean and then you have like a like a typical leg because that's a lot of static movement as well it's usually low twitch versus uh like a So twitch sorry versus fast twitch which i'm assuming as a goalkeeper you use a lot uh, because you kind of sprint uh, diagonally right like you're shifting from side to side very very quickly
0: yeah yeah it's almost all fast twitch so like rarely will you only like on a recovery day will i'll do like a slow like couple mile run but other than that everything is explosive and typically everything involves like a we try to involve like a cognitive element to it as much so not only making you physically faster but also like think quickly in order to have the best transfer to sports because i mean it kind of gets into what i'm doing but if you think about in sports you're never just moving mindlessly right everything you're doing is by reacting to something that you see or hear so trying to incorporate that as much in your training as well is something that i do a lot and a lot of the athletes that i train as well
1: well it's crazy man like the the mental aspect of of sports like you know one of the things i I personally enjoy doing is is boxing right and and just as a disclaimer i'm not i'm not a fighter I would love to, uh, to be honest. It's like my, you know, uh, the, what the second person would have liked to do. But uh, I just like training, right? Like heavy bag, shadow boxing. As soon as you spar with someone, even if it's like a light sparring, if you know, I just, you know, tagging each other or whatever. Immediately, I feel like my body is under so much more stress. You know, it's like pressure. Like my feet feel heavier. And obviously, I'm not a professional individual in that sport. But because I'm also trying to think of what you're trying to do, I'm trying to calculate your movement while coordinating. You know ducking or whatever i need to be doing myself to protect myself um it just it brings a very very different element or level to it you know what i mean a hundred percent a hundred percent that's like you you
0: come across a lot of players throughout my years i've come across so many players that you see people doing drills like in a soccer practice you start with just some basic passing drills or like shooting drills and they're unbelievable right when they when everything's predetermined pre-planned they're awesome but then once that unpredictability or that ex- external focus where you have to like react to something that you see or hear it completely changes because you have to be able to like you have to be composed you have to be able to breathe you have to be able to focus and then do things almost instinctively you can't think about your movements at that point and what you said is a great example for anybody at home to actually test this like do something that you know how to do well And then do that exact same movement, but focus on something else, like count backwards in your head or like use like this app to like react to things. And you'll see immediately like, wow, I just got way worse at this. And especially when you're under pressure. So if you're in a pressure situation, it's not only reacting to things that you see, but it's also avoiding distractions like the crowd or uh, just any other thing that you want to avoid. So that's even more cognitive load. And the more you can incorporate that and get used to that, the better you're actually going to perform during games.
1: It is crazy you say that. I read an article recently that I, I wasn't sure if it's Kobe or, or MJ, but one of the two for sure. Um, used to basically practice with like massive LED lights to simulate the experience of being in an obviously crowded stadium and having all these cameras pointed to you. And so that when you're taking a free throw or a very important last minute shot, last second shot, you're not, you don't blunder under the pressure, you know. But yeah, it's, yeah, it's crazy it's, to hear that. Yeah, that's pretty yeah, cool.
0: I, I think that was, yeah, it was MJ and they were was talking about like, Yeah. And they are talking about, um, I think it's the same thing you're talking about. People like shooting cameras or like taking pictures and the flash going off and him like getting pissed off about it. And then he's like, fine, I'll just get used to it. And like that, that's brilliant. And that's what happens in sports innovation all the time. Like things like that, when people catch on to something that can improve your performance, it's almost like what Phil Jackson did with meditation. Like Mm -hmm. he had, even though there wasn't a whole lot of research on it, he like practically implemented it. He's like, wow. This idea of being mindful during games and like focused on the present moment is super important and I'm gonna incorporate this with my athletes and then as so soon time goes on more research comes out more people start to catch on to it and next thing you know it's uh, like a billion dollar industry that athletes everywhere are doing so it's, it's always calm. this is why I love this stuff
1: yeah yeah with LeBron and, and headspace and, and love even the whole thing with visualization he was such a proponent of uh, how, how much of that for those who don't know you you're I guess career, we can say, started as a professional athlete, uh, primarily in soccer uh, or football. I, just, I don't want anybody to get offended here. It's one of those rare sports, dude, where it has like two, two, word, two different names that people are very, very sensitive to. But anyways, um, that was kind of your start. Walk us through how, how that all started for you as a goalkeeper.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, as a kid, like I was just always obsessed with sports and I always wanted to be a professional athlete. Um, I really fell in love with soccer and goalkeeping going like towards my later years in high school and only really played at a, a small D3 school. And there I kind of so it's hard to say what my career started with. It was a combination of that and neuroscience because in my undergrad, I fell in love with neuroscience and understanding all the stuff we're talking about. So how the brain affects performance, how you can improve your brain to improve performance. Um and those two kind of went in tandem throughout my career. But after college, I just decided, you know, I know what, I'm going to give myself two years. I'm going to go all out, like kind of like entrepreneurship. I have no idea how I'm going to do it, but like, this is my dream and I'm going to make it happen. And I would go to a park every single day, trained by myself just because I didn't know what to do. And I knew I had to get better. Um, one day while I was at this park training by myself, an agent was training one of his professional players. And I was like, Hey, can I be like your human dummy? You can shoot on me, do whatever you want. I just want to like get more training. And he barely spoke English. But after the session, he was like, I love what you're doing. This is amazing. Like, let me help you. And that's he really opened the doors for everything for me. So it's almost like in business, finding that connection, who believes in what you're doing and opens the door. It was just like that. So one thing led to another. Um, It was a really long journey, about four years. But I ended up getting to play in England, Germany, Australia, all over the US and really just kind of pursued that full time for a while until i had the idea for switch On.
1: was that all like the, the the latter part was it actually under the d3 category as well or division three is that is that where you oh left no, it? no 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 you, <clears throat> so that, you went up
0: yeah yeah so that's for, the for like for system, right? yeah 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 so if you think about it it's like um the first league is like the top professional league so if you're in america it's like the nfl nba and mlb But then, especially in soccer, there's leagues below it that are professional leagues where you get paid full time to play. And it's usually like the second and third league are professional, but it's something you have to work your way up to. So with that agent who brought me in the doors, that's essentially what he did. He's got my foot in the door. So I got to train with professional players, play in front of professional coaches. And it was probably like a year of that where. I was, you know, sleeping in people's garages. I was recycling water bottles just to pay for groceries just so I could train all day and not like get another job when I didn't have to. And I was really playing on like those lower league teams, like fifth league, sixth league, uh, working my way up, making a name for myself. And then finally in Australia is when I first landed in the second league so I can get paid full time to play and started bouncing around Europe and playing in those higher divisions from there on. Hmm.
1: Yeah, the well, very, very interesting because I think that that's also different from from basketball, right? Like with NCAA, there's all obviously, obviously this current debacle with like you know paying athletes properly uh, mm-hmm. minus like the sponsorships they get. But uh, it must be difficult when you're trying to do this, you know, full time, where you're trying to train and your regimen is very, very gruesome. I'm assuming like it's 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 tiring on you to, to then go and do a full time or even a part time job. Uh, for for it's it, it's virtually like. Impossible. If you want to make it to the yeah. big leagues, right?
0: 100 percent. Yeah, and I mean, everybody's a little bit different. So there' are people who developed a higher level of skill as a younger kid, so they they're at an elite level, so they like don't have to do as much to stay there. But for me, I was kind of already set back a little bit. so I knew I had to go all in. And me, I'm just like I was super obsessed with it. Like I loved it so much, the process of getting better, the process of trying to achieve this goal. I genuinely enjoyed it like as much as people thought I was crazy for how much I loved training. I mean, it was like five, six hours a day. I would have chronic finger sprains, ankle sprains. My body was a mess, but I just loved it so much. And I would work. So a lot, for a while, I was working a job at like from five in the morning till like 11. And it was just like a, like a day job where I was working maintenance, wasn't really doing a whole lot. And then the rest of my day was very, very strict in terms of my preparation, my actual training, my recovery um, and making sure every facet of my game was being trained. It was very, very exhausting, but like the process is what most of us live for. So I really loved
1: it. Yeah. I, I want to get into, before we get into, obviously switched on what you decided to do there, just a couple of last questions. I'm just cu- generally curious. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when you were, you, you pointed out that there were obviously some injuries, right. Uh, and the one mm-hmm. I can think of actually, especially if you're, if you're a goalkeeper is even concussions, right? Like, uh, cause you don't really have protective headgear for the most part. And you're getting like, um, a soccer player who 90% of their muscle mass is in their quads, kicking this ball literally to you or hopefully avoiding you. But sometimes it, it doesn't, how do you, how did you deal with those injuries? Like, what was your recovery? Like,
0: uh, everything was a
1: little bit different. So
0: a lot of it is just rest. So for instance, I had a lot of broken fingers because like you said, it's hard. Uh, our job is to put your body in front of the ball, like no matter what it takes. So if you, and if you aren't going to do that, then someone's going to come in who is going to do that. And it's that simple. Like if they see you flinch and move out of the way, you're out, they'll bring in someone who will take that. Um, So like with my fingers, I would usually spend a lot of time. If my fingers were broken, I would spend a lot of time on my feet, with my conditioning, with my agility. Um, I had a broken jaw for a while. So that was like even moving kind of hurt then, but still like I was always trying to find things that I can do even when I was injured because a lot of it was just rest. Um, so finding something to continue improving even when you can't do a whole lot was super. I think it was a huge part of like continue progressing no matter what.
1: And then on that, um, how do you how do you get over that fear? Because just and by the way, like when I was I, I was a chubby kid in high school. So when I, when I played soccer for literally like a year, that that was the position that I'd always go for, because I covered, you know, a bit more of, of the, of of the surface area. (laughs) But aside from that, there, there was always this like fear, man, you know, of, of, of getting hit. How do you overcome that? Like, is it natural or did you literally work on on training yourself to overcome that fear?
0: Yeah. It's like anything you, the more you do it, the more you become numb to it almost. So it's, it's literally doing it and realizing like sometimes it's not that bad. Uh, it's a big mental game. So part of it for me mentally was I, w- I would watch hockey sometimes and see these oh, guys in front of brutal. this hard, hard puck brutal. going at a hundred and some miles per hour and getting smashed in the face and then coming back in. And I'm like, man, I'm worried about getting hit with a softer ball at 70 miles per hour. It can't be that bad. So like the mentality going into it and just like doing it right. Like saying this shot, no matter what, I'm going to block it. And sometimes it does hit you in the face. That sucks. But you realize at the end of it, like, for the most part, you're fine, right? It's just part of the game. You keep going on. And, I mean, if, if you hurt something, you recover from it and you get back at it.
1: Hmm. And when you were training for for things like, you know, getting over the, the mental aspect of it or the, uh, I guess, not, not just the co- cognitive, but also the, the, like the, the, the reaction side of it. I guess at that point in time, you're probably looking for a tool, right? Before you started Switched On, which is the that the tech startup that you're trying to build at the moment before that, what were your, what were your tools? Like, what, what did you, what were, what were your go-tos?
0: Yeah, it was, that's actually a great question. Cause I had a, I had a bunch of funny stuff that I used to use with people that I would still laugh at. So <laughs> one thing was a, is a deck of cards. So everywhere I would go, like when I'd have trials in different states, usually my mom would come with me just cause she was retired, wanted a road trip. We'd always bring a deck of cards and she would fling them at me and I'd try to catch them. And if you've ever done it, you see they move in all these unpredictable ways. So it's super difficult. So that's like keeping your mind active, working on your reactions. Um, A lot of tennis ball work. So like you're facing the wall, someone from behind you throws a tennis ball and reacting and quickly catching it, doing a lot of things like that. And then my last and favorite one is if if you ever go to target and you see those big nerf guns, it was like super nice ones. We'd always do those. So you'd stand at a certain distance and you'd shoot nerf guns, like the bullets at you and you'd try to like save them and catch them. And those are like everything I was trying to do to like work on these reactive and cognitive skills when I could.
1: Very interesting. I've seen the tennis ball stuff, uh, especially with boxers as well. Um, mm-hmm. or, or, you know, like there's there, it's a thing that they put on their head and it's, it's like, there's a, almost a sling or a string attached. Yeah. And then there's yeah, a softball and they try to like, you know, hit that as well. Um, it's, it's very critical, I think, to include that in one's training. So you basically start with a deck of cards. And at some point you're probably like, dude, I've had enough of this. Like, you know, this was fun for like 10 days, but I want to figure out how to make this a bit more engaging. So how do you come up with the one idea, but also framing this from idea to, I guess, reality, right?
0: So are you speaking with like just the, the cards or those tools that I was using
1: before? And, and, and basically turning that into Switched On, how, how did that happen? Like what was the, the moment, the tipping point, right?
0: Oh, I see. Yeah. So for I think the tipping point was there are so many physical skills and actions that I need to work on. So for instance, like diving to my right, diving to my left and just like the technical aspect of it and just to master one of those skills in general, without anything else happening, it takes so much time and especially doing it like by yourself. And the one thing that I was missing was that cognitive piece. So I can like make this technique perfect, but unless I have that other piece to it, I'm missing a huge aspect of my training and in games I was realizing I wasn't reacting fast enough. I realized I wasn't making quick enough decisions. I was losing focus, all of these skills that I'm like, my physical skills are good. Now I worked so much out of them. I need to tie this mental and cognitive piece to it. And there's a lot of like brain training apps and brain training tools out there, super expensive equipment that does it in a isolated manner. So it's like sitting at a desk doing like different skills, but in games, it's you do them together. So I was like, "There's got to be some way to do them together." Um, I was introduced to this by many trainers, really, really highly regarded trainers, who would show colors and cones and stuff. And I was like, "Wow, it's a very simple concept." I wonder if I can make it available to everybody just using your phone.
1: And what was the next step from there? Like, and, and maybe this is a good time to to kind of dig a bit deeper in explaining exactly what Switched On is. But for someone listening who maybe you know hasn't come across the the app. I'm a new user I download the app I turn it on I subscribe whatever it is to get on what mm-hmm. do I see is it videos is it like what, what what's what's the concept
0: yeah so the concept is that the app provides randomized cues so visual or verbal cues um, that you react to a specific actions or movements so any action you would make in a sport uh, you would basically practice that in a more reactive environment by reacting to these different cues that could be more cognitively challenging so like numbers or colors versus something more instinctive like arrows to make it more game realistic to help you train more efficiently. So the idea of training is you want it to transfer over to competition as closely as possible. And if you're by yourself, you can only transfer so much because you go and do physical skills. This helps it transfer better. Um, And so if you open the app, what it is, is there's there's a majority of like probably six or seven sports right now. And you can go and there's already preset drills for these sports that you can do or you can go and like create your own drill. So basically you choose what stimuli you wanna react to, how these cues transition from one to another, and then how long the training session will last for. And then that's basically the concept of it right now.
1: Very interesting. Well, I think the the cool part about this too, is the spin on, you know, the whole virtual concept, the stay at home measures, right? Like the, 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 the concept, like when you were thinking of the concept in terms of it being mobile, accessible, adaptive like i can use this in the gym i can use this in my garage in my room my living room wherever i am really i can do it on on the plane if i wanted to um was that like pre-covid uh, or did covid really fuel the, the certainty that this is the direction we want to stick with yeah so
0: that it was all pre-covid so covid happened and it, it was like a bonus for us i mean
1: not that it's anything good Sweet. but for us yeah, no, for sure.
0: <laughs> i mean startup. yeah startup up mm, right regardless this type of training like i knew how important uh, individual training was so. If you look at like the ten thousand hour rule, have you ever heard of the ten thousand hour rule? The idea that it takes ten thousand hours to achieve mastery in your sport. On average, an athlete to get to that ten thousand hours in ten years will have to do half of it by themselves to get to that level. So regardless, it was something like athletes. You can't always have a personal trainer there. They're super expensive. They're super inaccessible. So I knew it's something essential regardless, and I want to find a way to make that more efficient. And with COVID coming along, it just made it even more essential that athletes learn how to tr- train by themselves. And I actually had a, a coach who he was, who trained at, or he actually played at Manchester United for a while. His name is Jim Layton. Uh, he was one who instilled to me that if you ever want to be great, even in entrepreneurship and anything, you have to take control of your development. So you can't rely on other people to be there or else like you're just leaving yourself, yourself susceptible for failure. So if we can give them something to make them more autonomous. Like that's, that was the whole concept.
1: And, and what was your, your marketing strategy? Cause I'm assuming obviously being a, a former athlete um, that that's kind of the direct pain point. And when we first had a call, uh, that's what I resonated with the most, right? Like you have your personal story. And I think we talked about that. Was it to go directly back to the leagues that you maybe played for or played against or whatever target your you know, goalkeeper buddies or friends? What did you think of to say, how am I going to get this actually out to market?
0: Yeah, a lot of it was. I mean <clears throat> I have some amazing friends and teammates who I played with who were super supportive and got the word out and actually used the app personally. So that was a, a an awesome first step. And even giving validation while creating the idea, like talking to my neuroscience professors, talking to my coaches who are all like, This is so needed. Like we will if you can make this, we will definitely like use it and help you get the word out. So that was awesome. And then the second main thing was social media. I mean, social media is incredible and just being able to show what this is and putting it out there and providing educational content, the like virality that came from it was just like, even more proved how needed this is in the market for us. So those are the main two things.
1: Well, what was the curious, like, again, linking this back to, to your, to your former career, what was the one thing that you took from being an athlete that helped you start up Switched On? Mm-hmm i think
0: i'd say the mentality is definitely the one thing so it's you there's so much that you just have to figure out and you just have to you just have to make stuff happen and like when i didn't know what to do when i was playing when i wanted to play professionally you have to take some sort of action and that's what leads to like you figuring out if it's right or it's wrong so there's so much going on with people like Uh, just trying to like learn things, which is good, like reading, learning, but at some point you had to take action and you have to like do it consistently. And I think developing that mindset that I didn't just pursue something that was so um, like difficult for just a short period of time. It was about four years where I was constantly trying to figure it out, constantly just like driven and truly believed in what was happening. And I think developing that mentality that if you keep working towards it, like you can make anything happen, you can learn quickly, you can Uh, start seeing results i think that was probably the biggest thing that i took from from soccer
1: what was the biggest difference
0: the biggest difference a good question i think for me the amount of communicate physical or like verbal communication that the impact that it has right so as a player like i was a captain on a lot of the teams i like to do i just show everything through actions So I wasn't big into trying to like give this big speech and like explain like why we're going to win this game. I was going to show you by training three hours extra every single day that I'm serious about this and it would gain people's respect. Um, With entrepreneurship, it it is a lot of pitching. It's a lot of communication. It's something that I'm still working on. Yeah, exactly. And and that's kind of where I like in the beginning, I was like, I don't even want to like pitch anybody the idea. I am just going to make something happen and prove to people that this is going to be massive. And it worked out because I was able to get a lot of traction early, but then actually getting investment, it is uh, refining your pitch, um, being able to communicate well, know what their motives are, um, all that. So that's probably the biggest piece that I'm still working on.
1: Yeah. It's a bit different. Like one of the books actually that I came across, recently. it's a small one, but it's, it's literally called show your work. uh, And it delves into this topic. Um, But also it kind of talks about like people who haven't, I guess, a challenge, quote, unquote, selling themselves, you know, like, uh, you know, internal promoters or whatever, like it it gets, it just helps you, I guess, change your perspective, because to your point, like if you don't do that, um, you know, as a leader of a company, like no one, uh, others might not know about it or might not know about the progress, uh, certainly not investors. And I think they're always being pitched anyways. Uh it's, it's just kind of like it's it's the way the community is set up within entrepreneurship that, that maybe is different, right, um, versus sports. That's a really good point you brought up, man. I appreciate
0: Yeah, it, yeah, absolutely. And it's like it's almost like the timeline. So I've been able to recruit like an unbelievable team because when I can sit down with people and like just genuinely explain to them like my story, have time to explain what the app is, what the traction is without like these timelines where it's like you have 15 minutes pitch me your idea get it all across. I'm very good because it's, I'm just I like to think I'm very genuinely authentic. So I I try to just like be honest and tell everybody everything, but I mean, investors and and a lot of business people their time is limited. So you don't really have the ability to communicate like we are right now. It's more like give me your elevator pitch. If I like it, keep going. If not, then cool, move on to the next one and yeah, definitely probably the the hardest part I'm getting used to.
1: Yeah, like a lot of people struggle with that, dude. because obviously you're you're you, you're a very genuine person. Right. Uh, even I mean, we, we've had a separate call that wasn't recorded. It was very much like this. Exactly similar. Uh, and I think people who are like that um, have a have a tough time doing like the elevator stuff, the five minute stuff, the refined, you know, here's what we are. Who you, you know, here's the market, blah, 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 like the same refined cr- things that everybody wants to hear. And I think in large part, it's also because people just are, are uh, how do you say it? Like short fused, you know what I mean? Like you skip the ad on every YouTube, look at TikTok videos, they're even shorter than Instagram videos now. Like people just want content so much quicker, right? So it's always like this, like get to the point, whereas you're coming with this like, you know, deep, sincere story. There's like a clear pain point. You're like, dude, just give me some air time. I need to, I need to express it the way I wanna express it, right? And that's sometimes a challenge that you have to keep your personality while delivering it in a way that others, digest more easily is, is the way is the way i, I, I can think yeah. about it that that was so well said that was that was perfect yeah uh thank you um yeah interesting interesting i guess differences the one the one thing i also on on this topic i wanted to to ask you about is you talked about when you were a goalkeeper that you had this like serendipitous moment right you you go to the park you run into the, to the agent which is fucking crazy to me like the way sometimes the world works right? Like imagine if you were just late, maybe 30 minutes and the individual, I mean, maybe you, probably, you would have had maybe the same track, but who knows, right? Um, did you have something similar happen within the startup world building switched on?
0: Yeah, I, I think it happens so much. It happens an unbelievable amount, like with finding my co-founders, with finding all my team. Um, I think it's, that is like people talk about luck, right? And I think luck is a real thing but I think you make your own luck. So something that's really benefiting me, another thing from soccer is just pure work ethic. Like I was always willing to outwork anybody. And instead of like overthinking what I should do, what I shouldn't do, I know I have to improve. I know I have to improve the business. I know I have to go network. I have to know I have to do all these things, just constantly doing them and knowing that, um, knowing that it's going to work out. And eventually it just, it does. As long as like you're like with my belief in what's happening and my, just passion for what I'm doing. It's just, it was the exact same thing in so many situations. And that's why it's so hard to tell people because going through the process, it's so difficult because like thinking about doing it for two, three months, searching for a co-founder, probably even more than that, it was like six months and nothing coming from it, going through so many people saying no, same with investors. You just know that if you continue working on and continue improving and learning from your mistakes, it's going to work out for you. How did you end up finding your, your co-founder? What was that process like? So I was through 1871. So it was, I mean, I spent a while going to every single tech meetup, every single um, one of these conventions where people are talking about coding, where they have engineers at, and uh, just so many people who were like, yeah, not interested, not interested, and continued doing it. And then I went to 1871 in the same process, and I ran across his name as Madur, amazing guy, brilliant person, and. He just truly believed in what we were doing. We had a little trial period where we were working together and found out it was like the perfect match. So um, it just, like
1: like everything, it's all serendipitous at all. But the only way that happens is if you work for it. Yeah, you gotta put yourself in those situations, right? Like, what, what? I mean, for those who, I guess, aren't familiar, 1871 is, I guess, one of the best business incubators for Torontonians listening to this. It's like DMZ out in Toronto, shout out to DMZ. Uh, but it's a really good business incubator. Um, And what I love about what you said is, yeah, you created like the right, you know, serendipitous moment. But also, you put like you could have easily just like laid back on the couch, watched Netflix that night, been like, you know what, not not really the, I'm not feeling it, right? Or, you know, grab beer beers with the guys and you know, kicked it there instead. It's a lot of those moments I think that that frame your success early on. But it's also even more challenging to keep coming back to these meetups when time and time again you meet people who are maybe not as excited about the idea as you are and that's shit's stuff man because it's personal right so I don't know how you get uh, beyond that point but when when you can build that tough skin essentially about an idea that's so emotionally tied to you
0: yeah I think just that that if it's truly truly emotionally tied to you like if you believe in it more like I believe in this more than I believe in anything in my life and if you have that kind of like conviction about it then it's not really like a question if you should keep going. It's like, you just do it. You just know that you got to keep going. It's the same with soccer. Like it was two, two years before I landed my first contract and I just believed in it. I loved it so much. Like even the things with being an entrepreneur right now, I'm loving the process. I'm loving what I do on a daily basis. I believe in what we're doing more than anything. So it's like, you almost feel like it's, it's not even working anymore. It's just something that you do. You just keep going and finally it'll work out.
1: What does a day in the life look like at at this point with, with COVID? Like, is it, yeah, maybe for those wondering what, what an early stage founder day in the life looks like? Yeah,
0: it's, it's always different. It's definitely always different, but typically, you know, I wake up, I'm, even from soccer, I've always been very routine. So I like to wake up, meditate, uh, read. I always like to learn something new in the morning. So I either read, listen to a podcast, go on a walk, move my body. So those are the three main things I do every morning. And then I start getting into like my daily activities, whether it's marketing, whether it's product development, whether it's legal accounting, there's always different things to focus on. But uh, typically most of the stuff I do is like marketing and a lot of the like foundational stuff and product development. Um, And then it's just, you know, prioritizing. We set OKRs. So we always have like priorities on what we should be working on. And it's just doing striving towards those every single day.
1: Yeah. Routine is really important. Um, you talked about meditating, you talked about books, podcasts, any that you, you would recommend, uh, in terms of books, podcasts. Yeah. Oof. Like any that really stuck with you, especially as it relates to building switched on. Cause I remember yeah. you saying that you, that you, you were also, and still are like, you were learning a lot. You were very open to different resources that helped you in the beginning. So I'm curious, like, were there any that really, really stuck with you?
0: Mm. Yeah, I should have came prepared with some of these because honestly like the way that oh, yeah. I am, I don't yeah, I don't like reading. I don't really like that, but I like learning. I love learning and I know when I need to learn something, I'm very aggressive in learning about it. So, for
1: instance, um, and it could be anything by the way. It doesn't have to be books. I just do it out there, but
0: Right. Maybe yeah, something so like,
1: that you can remember that that stuck with you.
0: Uh so this one podcast it's called Let's Grab Coffee podcast was, love was a it.
1: huge part. <laughs> with, uh, um, with with Brad Johnson.
0: <laughs> well the lean startups when I was first getting started out like that was a thing for me I had no idea anything dealing with tech or startups or what this even world was like I think the first one is called how to build a billion dollar app and it was amazing it like walked through the entire process of what it takes to build a billion dollar app and how all these billion dollar apps did it and then they talked like a little bit in that book about um building things in a lean manner and I was like what do they mean by that looked up found the lean startup learned about that um, need to understand marketing. Uh it's called All Marketers Are Liars by Seth Godin. Mm-hmm. Ordered that. So, like anytime it's like it's it's a no-brainer to invest in these books. If I need to learn about something, Google it. What's a book I could read to learn about this? Check the reviews. Okay, do it, and then move on to the next one.
1: Yeah, for sure. There's 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 definitely a couple that I mean Tim Ferriss has has a the four-hour work week, which I think a lot of people know. Uh for for marketing, one of my favorite books was Influence. Uh, Mm. And it actually goes into the the neuro side a bit more. Like it's more psychology. It's actually uh, it's more of a psychology marketing book than a pure you know social media marketing book. So so there's definitely a a couple on the startup side that I that I really enjoyed. You pointed out obviously billion startup is a great one. Uh, Is that I think was that Peter Thiel or what was his? uh, Um, Let me look it up. I can't think of it. Yeah. No, he has a. I think his is sorry. Zero to one. I think is yeah. Zero to one. All right. Um, that that was another really really famous book that's usually talked about. The best way, by the way, to, to went like one of the things I learned from listening to a podcast was all the all the newer books be more careful with all the older books that withstood the, the kind of the, the you know the test of time. So they've been around for ten years plus and are still being talked about. those are the, those are the ones that you should likely spend more time you know, reading, reflecting or thinking about, uh, because it takes time for the things that are talked about in a book, I guess, to, with, to withstand the, the test of time. It's a great point. You hey, know what I mean? Maybe,
0: yeah. Like have, how about, uh, how to win friends and
1: influence people? Influence, dude, that's a great example. It's still, yeah. and it's, you know, Dale Carnegie published that in, I don't know, 20, 30 years, maybe more. I don't know exactly the, the published date, but, um, yeah, like that's a great example. So yeah, anyways, it just made me think a bit of of you know because every year there's there's new lists, right? Bill Gates is mm-hmm. uh, you know his Gates Notes or whatever it is, and there's always these new books to read, and sometimes it can be like an influx of information. That's the other problem too, when you're trying to learn. Like I go through these things as well, and sometimes like your more information isn't necessarily the, the the best thing for you, right? Like trying to be very selective as to what you decide to to get. Information from, I think, is important. I don't know if yeah, you I, ever go through that, like, like the, the, the FOMO or the just, just like the, the burnout, man, of everything putting, happening all the fucking time. Yeah. Bitcoin and crypto and crypto kitties and all this. Like, <laughs> I'm just like, it, it makes me burnt out to talk about it.
0: I couldn't agree more, man. And, and when it comes to like, learning things, too, I think you need to learn enough to have something to actually try. And then once you try it, you can figure out, is it working? Is it not working? Like, is it wrong? But without doing that, you're just constantly looking for the right answer. And it's almost like an insecurity. Like, you don't know. You're too scared to try it. But at some point, mm-hmm. like, this whole journey is, like, is taking risks, right? You have to try something. And in terms of, like, uh, like crypto and, and blockchain and all these cool things coming out, I genuinely, so, like, even with soccer, I only really care about a few things in my life. So. I care about my family, my relationships, my health, and then whatever my passion is, which I now switched on. Um, All the other things right now, I'm not too worried about it because I know they take so much focus, so much energy. I'm just super laser focused on this and trying to do everything to improve it. And I think that's something that I I try to hold true to just so I don't get distracted by all these. I mean, maybe like I could have invested in something like that, but I know what I'm trying to do is I'm just more passionate about it. I think this is going to be the right direction to go
1: in. I love that. I love that last point, man, because it's so true, like you're meant, to, you only have so much time during one day, you know, and you, you think, okay, well, I have 24 hours, whatever, I can put a couple of dollars into this or this. But the problem is it also captures your mind, right? And subconsciously, like you're going to be working on switched on. And then an article comes up and oh, Bitcoin just got to 50k. And immediately, you're distracted, right? Whether you like it or not, it's not something you and it doesn't matter how much willpower you have uh it, it's this and will smith says like it's it's like just going all in on a plan a there's no plan b you know you're you're basically going all ships in so you can't take your eyes off off of the game um, yeah
0: it could not resonate with that more that's literally how i approached everything like i didn't once i decided i was going to switch to switched on i did not I, people are like why didn't you try to play soccer too i'm like i could kind of half-ass both of them but to me work. like no not at all yeah, that's that's so true. Work. What you just said, and and dude, the, deep work, yeah. a book called Deep Work is really good. I'm talking about that.
1: Yeah. Yes, man, dude, I I haven't read it yet, but uh, there's a YouTuber I follow actually who just like he keeps bringing this book up, so it's definitely on my on my list. Do you, do you recommend yeah. it? Is that yeah. something?
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I just got through it like two days ago. Yeah, it's really good. Even just like if you like, once I got through half of it, I kind of understood the process and and the importance. And just started implementing it right there. Like sometimes I don't need to read the whole book. I read enough to get the information not. to like take actionable steps on it. And that's what I did. And it's been, it's been a game changer for me.
1: Love it, man. Um, before we kind of wrap up, I'm curious, like where are you guys at now with, with Switched On? What are some, I guess, milestones that you could highlight? And then what, what, what's, what's next for you? What are you really focused on?
0: Um, so next steps for us. Right now we are just continuing to improve the app. We're continuing to improve all areas of our business, uh, the marketing efficiency, the the product. Um, we're raising money right now, so we're raising our seed round. So that's taking a lot of time and energy out of me.
1: And how much and, is that, uh, What's the actual number uh, for?
0: We're, we're, we're looking to raise a million dollars right now, the okay. seed round. Gotcha. Yeah, and then, um, yeah, from there, we're just continuing to build out a team and, and continuing to get this going. That's amazing, man.
1: Well, uh, listen, I have no... I have no, I guess, how should I say this, doubt that, that you're, you're going to continue seeing traction. Uh, and, and I think you know this more and more than anyone, but like from, from early rounds, people are betting on, on the founder, you know, I, mm. you. like the concept is great, the, the idea is great, but like you've had a thousand of great, you know, great concepts. And if, if you just don't get the right vibe from a founder uh, or that, you know, they're distracted or they're, they're in a bunch of different areas, that, that's usually a recipe for disaster. So you definitely have that, checked off uh, really really nicely um and then last question for you i've been meaning to ask this for some weird reason and you'll see why i was always curious as a goalie when you know let's say the like your team's on the other side right i'm not a ma- massive soccer fan so just give me some cut me some slack all right but basically like everything's empty on your side what are you thinking of at that point because you're not doing anything, you're just hanging back right like you're, you're just chilling what are you are you actually relaxing what what's going on through your mind
0: yeah, that is, that's an incredible question because that definitely changes based off the level that you're at. So like when I was younger, it was like looking over, talking doing to yeah, Yeah, <laughs> doing, doing whatever. It was, it was almost irrelevant. Um, but once you get to the higher levels, there's, so much, there's always something that you can be picking up on. You can, you can always be some, doing something to help your team. So you can be communicating with someone. You can be seeing tendencies of a player. You can be picking up on their physical attributes. Is this person fast? Is this person moving a lot? Um, and I think it's always trying to dissect the game and stay focused, which is probably one of the most difficult parts, especially when you're a goalie and you think about it like bigger games, you're on a professional team. There's always people on the sidelines. Who are just screaming at you the entire time and you they know that you can hear them so as you're doing all this you also have to block out this kid this saying, is the other team yeah you're so like the, fan, the, the fans oh, the, on fans. the other team. Okay, yeah. yeah oh the, the fans are just going bananas on you because it's just it's free reign on someone who's just standing there right next to you not doing anything um so it's blocking them out and just like trying to move and position yourself and always and it's such small margins at that level too so it's like being, uh, you know, a step forward instead of a step backwards. So you can get to a ball if it comes through quicker, um, and just always trying to do things to help your team at any point.
1: That's very cool, man. That that's really really interesting. Um, yeah, I did not think of that at all. Like if I had to guess, I literally would just be like, yeah, I'm just chilling. You know, like I, what I, what I had in mind is someone basically leaning towards the the one one of the sides of the posts, chilling, mm-hmm. maybe talking yeah. to someone, yeah. or you know, doing a couple pull ups to stay warm um uh, but but you're very very right in the sense that you're also you have the luxury of when it's not on your side you're you can analyze a bit more and you're mm-hmm. trying you're it's like being two three steps ahead you're trying to predict who it is you should be more attentive to um 100 yeah and
0: the, the level of focus is, is the level of focus likely a little lower but it's it's similar to if you're working on anything right if you are working on a project And every five or six minutes, you just go on Instagram because you're like, I don't have to pay. I want to just like take some time off. The the attentional switching is hard. So you want to get in the zone and you want to stay in that zone as much as possible. It's like always focusing. And if the ball's way over there, out of bounds, someone's injured, like you don't obviously don't have to be like staring at them as hard as you can trying to figure (laughs) out what they're going to do. But like you have to. Exactly. You could do that, I guess. But but it's uh, it's staying in that zone, really. That mentality, that mental state, is is something that if you the longer you can stay in that, the more prepared you can
1: be. That's amazing, man. Well, listen, uh, obviously appreciated this. This was super cool. That's exactly where I want to take this, like the intersection between being an athlete and being a startup founder. Uh, and the last thing, I'll send you this offline. But I don't know if you've ever seen Tony Robbins get into his like routine before speaking. Um, you know, people have different feelings. Honestly, I, I love the guy. Like, I think he brings amazing energy. His book, Unlimited Power, was one of the first books I've ever read to like get me to a different mind mind, mind state. I would say when I was younger, it helped me a, a lot. Man. And, and that's why I always recommend him. But nonetheless, if you ever see him before speaking, he has this, this like routine that he goes through. And it kind of reminds me of an athlete. You know, when LeBron like chalks up or, you know, someone has specific socks or a handshake, there's certain things. And I think startup founders could leverage more of that. You know, before doing an investor pitch, as an example, like psyching yourself just as if though you're about to enter the bleachers, right? Or under the bleachers into the game and you hear the crowd and, you know, like it's not like the UFC, you know, like that, that kind of um, you know, psyching yourself up, but having a routine that sets you. And because what ha- ends up happening is you go from your couch or your bed to like sitting down, let's say you're an investor, my energy, I can't just physically change my energy you know, unless, unless it's, it becomes like a muscle, right? You went for a run. I'm sure that helped. Um, you kind of got out nice, nice weather, but let's say it's in the dead of like January, you know, Hey Brad, how's it going? It's good, man. You know, now see, I took a a deep breath. That's a nonverbal cue that I'm stressed. Right. It's a very small thing. So immediately, like you didn't even start. And I'm like, Oh fuck, like, here we go. You know, why would I invest a dollar in this guy? Like what I'm already, I'm kind of worried at this point. You haven't said a single word. You know, or you're wow. too monotone or you're too distracted or you look tired that that's where, you know, it, it's just it's kind of a game of inches, man. But anyway, that is
0: that no that I'm so I'm almost upset with myself because that is something that I was very, very like strict on in soccer. Like I did have a very strict pregame routine and what was it like? I haven't it was like so I would always visualize for sure. I'd spend some time visualizing. I would do. Um, so it was more like thinking about the game as I was doing all of my prep, So it's like foam rolling, uh, activation work with my bands, uh, listening to certain songs and thinking about certain things, getting the right emotional state, that sort of stuff. But you're right, like doing that before a pitch is having, at least testing different routines and trying to figure out one that works. That is something that I promise you I'm gonna start doing now just because you said that.
1: I appreciate it. Hey man, hopefully it helps. And by the way, I'm, I'm, I'm at fault of this too. I don't do this as much as I, I, I believe I should um because that's what happens you fall into this maybe not so good routine where you just jump on calls and like see where it goes right Uh, and i'm a fault of this too right and it's tough to block out time beforehand for the very important calls to to get in that mindset and just crush it so anyways Mm -hmm. i I appreciate you man thanks for doing this and wish you the best for switched on hopefully we'll have you on when when you guys raise the round love it man would love to really appreciate you having me on always great talking to you man if you found this podcast useful make sure to share it out with your community if you haven't already done so, subscribe to the podcast. And I'll see you next time.